Welcome to what I believe is the 16th episode of Born in Trouble, Season 3. I'm your host, John X. Here from the Forbidden Zone. That's what they call it when they have the heat and the radiation going down all day long, 100 mile, 100 degrees all day long in New York, New Jersey. Born in trouble, back again. And tonight we have two of our illustrious guests here. First, of course, from Detroit, Michigan, Mr. Grant Lancaster. What up, Doc? How you feel, big boy? I feel. I'm just rehydrating. I went outside today. Also, we get my ass kicked all day, but we're not going to talk about that. And from New Jersey, Mr. Robert Brooks. I was not getting my ass kicked all day, although I am rehydrating. You are rehydrating. <laughs> Did a little yoga this evening. It's got me pretty mellow. That's good to know, man. It was a restorative nice. yoga practice. I can right. eat. Lots of long holds, the stretches. We we might have to do some long distance yoga as a team. Long for, holds and stretches. As a team building exercise. And once again, not joining us from the Atlanta area, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Yeah, whenever, whenever you want to do some yoga, man, I'm down. Well, I'm with it. Gene, I'm giving you a pro- That could well be my, uh, my retirement plan. I might be a yoga teacher when I get older. Well, you're a yogi master, aren't you? Yeah, uh, there ain't no master about it. It's it's all a practice. There's no perfection. Right. But, but I, I I've taken one. Uh, I've taken a level one with Baptiste. Um, I got to figure out when I can do my 200 hour teaching uh, certification. Just um, the way it gets drawn out, it goes across. It cuts across seasons, and it's usually on the weekends. And so if it's in the winter, I have basketball. In the summer, I have baseball. So it's just at some point I'm going to have to. Figure it out, take some time off to get that in. You are just like a liberal black woman's like dream come true. Just yoga? Yeah, that's, that's not really what they say. But they don't really call themselves liberal? Man. He's a renaissance man. Absolutely. Hey, man. You got, you got, you got to get a Rob Brooks, man. We had, we had this conversation last week. Not everybody can. You can't get a Rob Brooks everywhere. That's true. Rob's going to be like 80 years old and everything. He's going to call me up with his 22-year-old girlfriend and oh. one-year-old child. Oh. He's going to say, I've changed oh. over. <laughs> and the universe has told me. Then I'm John, believe me, like, you, you, you well know, John. Grant may not know as much, but, you know, my boys can swim. And so there was a period of time where I thought that maybe I was here to you know, like like a junior Nick Cannon <laughs> of the world. But yeah. Having seen how much effort that shit takes when you don't have millions to pay somebody else to do it for you, I'm right. gonna pass. <laughs> it's a hard pass. It's a hard pass on the second family. I'm gonna avoid it. It's a hard pass on the second family for Mr. Brooks. I feel oh. you. And Grant, you're already like, you're only, what, six years into it? Seven years into it? Seven. Yeah, they just turned seven. Yeah, so you're you're practically there. I was talking about Rob. Like, Rob's got, like, another ten years to marinate. 
know what I'm saying, doing some yogi poses and stuff and getting all extra limber. Yeah. Well, I mean, get to the point where you can just do a, a different animal, though. You are. You are, Rob. You're an original. Yeah, Rob's a different animal. You're one of a kind, man. You're one of a kind. This is how Rob was delivered. Going already. Huh? <laughs> I see where this is going to go today. What? What? This is how Rob was delivered. Incoming! <laughs> He's here. Well, that's kind of what the... I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's what the city of Philadelphia felt like when I, when I showed up and started talking shit. Yeah, that's true. Especially the police department and the temple police department. But we won't go back in time. We won't go back. No, we won't go back in time. You were a problem from a young child, though. You were like that four-year-old kid in California who was the problem for the police. You're not going to take my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, you reap what you sow. I think the dude, the father's name was first name was Hassan something, and I'm like, my advice to you as a father, Hassan, is like, yo, tell the kid to like ease up on poor patrol, because homie is like, <laughs> I, 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 think he, I think I think he needs more poor patrol in his life, right. less jihad. Oh, less jihad, more poor patrol. But, yeah, there's a uh, there's a video of the mom. So the mom the mom looks like a sister. Um, I guess she's trying to get her kids back. They've been in in, uh, in the system since then. But yeah, there, there's there's some issues there. So just to catch everybody up, there was a a four year old whose father was uh, in discussions with the police, and he decided to try and liberate his father from the police by bucking some shots at the block block boyaka boyaka yeah. Boyaka, boyaka. Ah, like, I mean, you got the ratchet in the car with the four-year-old available for the four-year-old. How about that? Like, that's, that's, and clearly, at some point, you discussed with said four-year-old how to bust off some shots, right? Because he didn't—he didn't like shoot the ceiling. He didn't fumble it. You know, he's getting it off. Maybe he's been playing uh, Fortnite or Duck Hunt or some shit. Well, you know, we got these gun laws in the United the States. It, is there any age restriction? Is there any law that says that someone who's four years old can't legally carry a gun in their state? Well, I'm sure they can't. They probably can't carry a um, a sidearm, but I'm sure uh, like a hunting shotgun or something is probably perfectly legal. Like a, you know, one of those assault weapons is probably perfectly legal. I guess the law would be if you like a, a 45 or a nine or a nine millimeter. If your arms can reach the trigger, then you can go. Right, you know, America. Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, question. I don't I don't know if there's any any law that says, you know, what's the age limit? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know if there's a law that says it. The conversation used to be absurd, just on its simple on the simple face. But right now, with the lack of gun laws and the lack of restraint within the citizens, I saw this week somebody had uh, applauded. They put up a. Apparently, someone who was carrying a gun stopped a criminal this week, and everything in the store. Oh, and they were in Indiana. Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, that's a good thing." Oh yeah, good guy with a gun, right? So let's give him his props. You know what I'm saying? That's about one for twenty. We're about one for twenty now. We're betting about what? That's about fifty in the major leagues. It's fifty. Man up too. 
He opened my man all the way up too. Did he really? From what from what I heard. Oh yeah, yeah. Brandy. Well, he was lucky. At least this time there were no police on the scene to take him out afterwards accidentally. Take him out afterwards, yeah. Like what happened? This gun stuff is crazy. Police are typically 800 feet away, something like that. Well, I mean, where were they in this gun situation in Texas? Where? How, how far back were they? A couple blocks? 500 yeah. feet? 800 feet? Yeah. We've all seen so, that Uvalde video. you seen that shit? Right. Slowest, like, what is it, 58 minutes? An hour and 58 minutes? I don't know. I actually turned it off and turned back, and it was still on. It was still in the yeah. same places. All them good guys with guns, scared to go in there and get ripped apart by uh, by an assault weapon. But they shot the 23-year-old kid running away in California the last week, San Bernardino. Robert Adams, that's his name. We can't just, like, leave them, leave our victims without names. He's a person. It's not just a body or another person that was shot. Even though we are tired of talking about it every week or every other week. And we cover this stuff a lot less than a lot of other people do. But saw that one. It's funny. I was uh, I was breaking bread with uh, with my sister-in-law uh, on Friday, and me and mom got to talking about retirement options. Mm-hmm. And you know, I brought up the fact that you know I've been looking into South America, and the sister-in-law immediately screamed, "You can't go there. It's too dangerous." I was like, "Yo." 14 people got shot in Philadelphia yesterday. I'll be fine in Columbia. Mm. <laughs> like, what's right. the difference? Mm-hmm. No matter where you are nowadays, you got to keep your head on a swivel. So, why not do it someplace that's, you know, affordable, beautiful. Uh, I can work on my Spanish, teach some yoga, uh, do a little salsa dancing in the evening. And he doesn't think he's going to have another family. And little horizontal mambo at night. And he's, yeah, you think you're not going to have another family? I don't understand that whole concept. <laughs> I'm not, not going to have another family. I'm not. They'll be cheaper to raise in South America. You could probably pay for them on your pension. With ease. With ease. That's oh, trying to. Not trying to. No. My pension. If I if I max out my pension, I would be able to do it with ease. But I'm not trying to get there. I don't know, Rob. Yoga and salsa music, it sounds like a deadly combination. And you haven't even gotten to the sangria yet. So. Well, see, there's not going to be as much sangria. We'll go light on the sangria. You'll go light on the sangria. I'll go, I'll go light on the sangria. They won't, but I will. Yeah, see? It's going to be a problem. I'll have some lovely, I'll, I'll be, I'll have some lovely plants that I'm cultivating in my living room. Grant, what do you think? Odds, Rob, in retirement. And, South America. And margarita? And margarita. Not a drink. Yeah. Not a drink. Yeah. It's a margarita. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it, man. I can see it. I can see it. Well, I, I, I can see me with a margarita, too. I just can't see you with a margarita, Junior. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Avoid that like the plague, my guy. It's interesting. I got a cousin who is two years older than me, and he's got a, a one-and-a-half-year-old at home. And I have another cousin who is three weeks older than me, and he's got a seven-month-old at home. I wow, not they're even dumber than me. Steps. <laughs> <laughs> wow. When you put it that way, absolutely correct. You are 100% correct in that there's, assessment. There's always, there's always a topper out there, ain't that so? Oh, well, yeah. you know, if you have the money, 
If you feel like you have the money, a lot of these guys, a lot of people are men our age, are really opting to have second families and second women, 20-year-old, 30-year-olds. It's really a lot easier to find a woman who's close to 30 right now, who's looking to settle down, wants a mature situation, and right. you know has another, decides that she's going to have another child with you, and you're pretty much like in the situation where you're, as a mature man, it's like these numbers are really coming up. Because, I mean, it's all fucking... People don't like to talk about nature and um, balance, but older men, we're more rugged than 40-year-olds and 30-year-olds and 20-year-olds by nature because of the way that we came up. And nature is like a certain type of woman likes a certain type of man. So they're going to... Age up to men who even they may not even be as virile, but just their attitude is more virile. Do you think there's any truth to that? Oh, uh, these dudes! Like, if you wanted to get into that game, like I, I I've dipped my toe in it. Um, it ain't for me. But if you wanted to get into that game, these kids have zero social skills. So all you got to do is walk up to a woman, be able to plan an evening. Like, yo, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Lovely to meet you. Love to get to know you a little bit better. Chatter up a little bit. What do you say you and I, Saturday, we go and do X, Y, Z? Saturday night, she's going to be sitting there staring at you the whole night. She like, all every, all guys ever say to her is, you want to hang out? Right. Netflix and out? chill. You want Netflix and chill? Yeah. yeah you I don't know. I don't know. You want to hang? Yeah, unicorn. What you want to do? You know, but if you can say, yeah, Saturday night I'll pick you up. We're going to do this. We'll go here. We'll do this. Golden. Mm. You can have them all. Uh, I don't know if you would want them all at this point, though. No. You know, like, can you? And when, and, and when they're in their 20s, I don't want one of them. Like, <laughs> I need help. Right. You know, seriously. Right. You, start bugging, you start bugging with 20-year-olds, you need, like, like, y'all go away for a weekend, and then you need, like, Two weeks to just recover. <laughs> Get some fluids back into your body. <laughs> like, they will, they will, they will leave you bone dry. Like, I, they will. Every single, every drop you got in you is coming out. See, now this is like a, this is like really like a term paper. Robert in retirement. Second family or no second family? <laughs> the man has the knowledge. He has the skills. He's going to have the financier. You know, you've got family in Columbia. Don't you? You do have family in that area. I have, I have a little bit of family left in Columbia, although not in the part that I was considering retiring. From. Okay, so. They're more in the country these days. You'll, you'll be what, that'll be what it is. It's. You know, Although it's highly I'm possible. Of Columbia, so I might, I might have, you know, grandma might be on the spot. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, women are doing it. They're, they're like flipping it. They're flipping the script. Women that are in their fifties, going after men in their twenties, forties, going after men in their twenties. The cougar set. It's something big that's out there. There is a jungle for those cougars, where you can venture in, young man, okay. and. They well, you know, they want they want that twenty year old energy. They want somebody who's going to try to who's going to try to tear their lower their lower back out. Mm, that's right. a good thought process. We're going to give them a cheer for that for you Cougars. See, we're we're equal opportunity on Born in Trouble. It's not just we're not just flipping it that way. We're we're not just inappropriate men. We're like appealing to inappropriate women right now as well. 
So. <laughs> those, are, those are some of my inappropriate women are some of my favorite humans. Well, there you yeah. go. I mean, look, look. not mad at you. If you can find yourself, find yourself a grown boy. Have at it. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know how are you going to support him now? Pull him a little bit. How are you going to support him right now? You got to buy him a house and everything. And right now, mortgages are at an all-time low, a 22-year low. You like the way I segued into that, right? Because if you're going to get these women or these men, you got to have a place to bring them, right? So why are mortgages at a 22-year low? Because of inflation on one hand. That's one thing that's playing into it. Um, because of the fact that nobody really has any money. And this economy is like going through a problem where it's almost folding. We have um, no economic guidance coming from the White House or Congress because um, the White House comes up with a plan and Congress says, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to wait until we get back in power. And right now, as we speak, they're having conversations about, I think they mentioned, I saw them mention one time shaman-ass chaps on this. They were talking about that. And um, also the insurrection about these people coming back in power. So... And I was reading a quote this week about that, and they were talking about how dedicated that these people are to basically coming back in power, but, you know, mortgages, 22-year low, there's really, like, a stagnation in, there's a stagnation in people. Do you feel that right now, Rob? Do you feel like that type of, like, blah, malaise amongst the population at this point? I don't know if I feel a, a, a malaise amongst the population. I mean, I, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. I mean, all of this is happening at the same time, you know, that we're cracking the the 50. You know, we're, all of us just entered into our 50. So, I mean, I know a lot of dudes who are who are looking to, who are looking to hit the reset button anyway. They just didn't. They had this feeling. They didn't know what it was, and some of it just burnt out. They've been doing the same thing for 25 years, mm. and it just kind of burnt out. But you know, with the economy the way that it is. Nobody wants to leap. Nobody wants to jump off uh, out of a safe situation and go chase their passion right now because yeah. you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, like, not everybody can be a yoga teacher. Not everybody can, can open a, uh, a restaurant, you know, but everybody's, you know, everybody would be. Did you just freeze? You just froze for a second. Grant, are you frozen too? Okay, everybody froze for a second. For everybody. Yeah, you guys froze for a second. What were you saying? You said not, I heard that not everybody can have a restaurant. There's not, a, there's, there's not, not everybody can open a restaurant. Not everybody can be a yoga teacher. Not everybody can open a fitness gym. Like, there aren't enough, you know, the jobs that are out there, the jobs that there are plenty of out there aren't for 50-year-olds. Yeah. At least not 50-year-olds right. who've been professional or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You, you don't want to go work in an Amazon warehouse. You don't want to do DoorDash. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. There's lots of that out there. There's lots of retail jobs for, you know, uh, customer-facing jobs out there. But the other stuff, it's drying up. Yeah. It was funny. I was having this conversation with my cousin. Uh, he was in town a couple, uh, last week. And uh, we were just talking about the lack of passion that that is kind of permeating society right now. Like nobody really seems to want to get into anything. You know, I, I don't know if it's a lack of passion, if it's or if it's just, just a fear of taking the leap. 
because like you said, it's not a lot of it's not a lot of uh, career opportunity out there. It's a lot of jobs out there, but it's not a lot of careers. You know what I mean? And there's there's a hesitancy that people seem to have to get into really anything. You know what I mean? Which is why they I mean, they say that there's a lot of jobs out there. But like you said, they're not jobs that people really want. I was reading an article this week. Yeah, there's a ton of. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, that, like, you know, I work with a lot of people in the television business, and they all do one of two things. They'll go to a college and teach. Afterwards, they get, you know, they age out of the television industry, or they become realtors. And we can't all become realtors. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm already in that field. Come on, guys. Yeah. Back up. Back up, bro. Let John eat. Let me Let eat, eat, man. And that, that is a thing. That's well, well, that's why I'm always aware of what's going on in the real estate numbers. For me, I was thinking about that this week, and that is really what happens in real estate. At this point in time, um, when rates start to go up and things get to a little bit more desperate, despite the fact that numbers are actually going to get worse, I get a lot more phone calls from people that I've known for years in the industry asking if I'd be interested in teaching a class or if I'd be interested in coming in and working for their brokerage to do X, Y, or Z at this point. Because it's really a time for people who know the actual business at that time. It's sort of like how I got into mortgages. When I got into mortgages, there were a lot of people that were just strictly salesmen. They were strictly salesmen. They didn't know anything about PMI or fucking percentages. They could barely, some of them could barely work their fucking calculators, like honestly speaking. But what they were doing was they were actually selling you on the thought that you were going to get X amount of dollars out of it. And it was the same thing in real estate for probably the past two or three years. You know, if you're pretty, if you can speak a certain game and everything, and you can locate and you know people that are looking to sell houses, you made a lot of money. But now it's like dried up. The numbers haven't gone down, but the number of people that are looking has gone down like significantly. And a lot of that has to do with what's going on in the job market right now. And I read, I saw an article this week, and it was saying that the pandemic had bought off a lot of um, a lot of people like hope for the future that they were going to get to call their own shots. A lot of people refused to go back to work and are still refusing to go back to work, but the jobs are basically adapting now and they're figuring out ways to get rid of them and to move in different directions and move in different ways. So that type of employer or employee empowerment isn't sustainable was basically what the article was about the lack of sustainability in your freedom because that's not the way that our particular market is set up so how are people going to move on from that into that what's it going to actually where's the rubber going to meet the road because there are a lot of people that are just dead set on never going back to doing things in the old way And I've met some of those people, and I, I hear them, and I can understand them. But that, that's not—it's not how we're set up right now. Like, you know, do people need to sit in an office five days a week, eight hours a day, to do a lot of these jobs? No. But there, there are some synergies that happen, and you know, a certain number. Mm-hmm. Somebody's paying you a certain number. They kind of want to see what you're doing. Yeah. They, they don't really want to take it, you know take your word for it 
And unfortunately, when you're working remotely, the only time that they find out when, that you're not getting it done uh-huh. is when you've effed it up. Well, know, when, one, when the numbers aren't there at the end, and then it's too late to fix it. Yeah. Well, one of the ways I ended up doing in my work journey and being like exactly the way that I am right now is that I I really felt after doing a number of 40-hour jobs for various banks that 40 hours a week at a banking institution was too many hours to be at a banking institution. So the first time I got offered an opportunity to go down to part-time or even 30, 32 hours a week, I took it and I used that other, I filled that other eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours because when you're young, you're hustling. You're not really just doing 40 hours a week. So I was like basically doing like 30 hours at a bank and I was doing another 20 hours or 25 hours doing something different. And that was how I got my freedom and how I got my my different ways of creativity out of there. And I felt like if I was going to make that, if I was going to make money, I might as well do it that way. That's not something that's possible right now for a lot of these people. That second job for those people, even that first job might not pay a livable wage. My 32 hours a week was enough to pretty much cover my bills. And the other 20 hours a week, that was all gravy. So no wonder why people are like not looking forward to what's going on. But it's been that way for, for a long time, though. Where there was no, when you talk about a living wage, for a long time, there hasn't been a living wage. I mean, costs have gone up exponentially when the, when wages have not, you know. So the reason that my, my daddy, when I was a boy, my daddy had a Bonneville brand new, had a telephone in it, the whole shebang, bang, paid like <laughs> $4,000 for it, some, some ridiculous number. You know what I mean? Like a number that you think is ridiculous in today's standards. Hold on, we got to get know, him. But he was making... Fresh and clean. He was making, you know, right. Yeah, he was making like 20 grand, paid 4,000 for a car. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it was top of the line, blah, blah, blah. But now, you know, that 20 grand that he was making then, you know, and that car that was 4,000, now that car is 60,000. You know what I mean? And the wage for that job is probably 60,000 too. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it hasn't gone up. Wages haven't gone up with costs. So how do you how, right? So how do you have a living wage? You know what I mean. If if so, like now, if you drive by a McDonald's or something, you're liable to see twelve, fifteen, seventeen dollars an hour that they're offering people to work at McDonald's nowadays. Mm-hmm. But if they could pay that now, they could have paid that before. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? If yeah. They, McDonald's has they haven't made more money during the pandemic in my mind anyway. Maybe they have, but they ain't made that much more. Where they was paying, you know, they was paying nine dollars an hour, and now they can pay fifteen. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's just, you know, what do you, what are you really trying? What is, what are we really trying to get? You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't get the living wage in a country that's designed to pimp you. Yeah. You know, and that's basically what it boils and, down. To. And all these corporations, all these public corporations, they're far more beholden to the shareholders than anybody else. That's why Amazon can raise. Prime, 17%. The cost of Prime went up 17% this year, and Amazon said was due to, you know, the factors going on in the country, mm. you know. But their profits are up 148%. Mm. Right. Right. So they didn't need to hit that 17%. They just did it. They don't need it at all. They right. just did it. And we foolish enough to go, okay, it's, a, it's a, 
it's the economy. They need that. No, they don't need that. Their profits, they made more money last year than they've ever made. And they're not employing more people. You can't be. Right. And you, For you less can't money. be in this game. You can't be in this game and say and look around and see all your competitors raising prices for whatever reason. You know, maybe your competitors do need to raise prices and you don't. But if you look around, so if I look around and I see another Buffalo wing place raising their prices, the likelihood is that I'm going to say, oh, well, shit, if they paying it over there, they should be paying it over here, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just but there's how, a difference between you like if you raise your prices, you know, maybe you and Leela can go on another vacation. Right. Like you might be able to add a trip when McDonald's at, at, ups their prices. You know, it doesn't affect anybody directly. It's just it's very, you know, that's just going to get sprinkled right. among some shareholders. It <laughs> right. ain't helping nobody directly. It's right. just increasing profit at the highest level. Mm. And that's the that's the crazy part about it. Like I, I always tell um, the nurse because she's she's a haggler. Mm-hmm. Like no matter where she goes, she walks in, she immediately wants a deal. And I'm like, all right, if you walk into Macy's, ask for a deal. But if you walk into some one off, like leave that person alone. They're trying to keep their head above water. Right. Right. Like, whatever they charge for it, give it to them. Like that's what they think they need to keep this door, the doors open. Let them. You know. Mm-hmm. So this this is a conversation that I've had on several occasions because so City Wings, so we're gonna be it'll be twelve years for us that the doors will open September twenty second of this year. It'll be twelve years. So, and my customer base has been super. Thank you. My customer base has been super super solid, right? Super loyal, but my customer base also feels like they're part of the. You know what I mean? Like they're they're a part of us. They know us. You right. know what I mean? Like they know we. They come in. It's like, what up, G? What up, Jimmy? What up, Juwan? You know what I mean? Like they we we talk, we laugh, we can crack jokes with the customers, blah blah blah. And that's why they can but, overlook the Amish girls in the back. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But right. what they won't okay. overlook though. Okay. What they won't overlook though is the prices going up. Mm. You know what I mean? Now most of them will still pay it, particularly in this climate. Because they understand what's going on, mm-hmm. but you can't. So wings were eighty nine cents a pound when I started. I was getting them for eighty nine cents a pound. My shipment on Tuesday was three fifty a pound. Mm-hmm. I can never make that money up. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's gone forever. You know what I mean? Like the, the profit margins are so far off that it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you know, when I was paying 89 cents a pound, you know, I'm getting 200 pounds of wings. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm getting a thousand pounds of pop, but I'm paying four damn near four times as much, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's it's just not it's not equal, you know. So we may me and Lay may get an extra vacation out of, <laughs> out of raising prices. Right. But the likelihood is that I'm going to have to take that money and funnel it back into City Wings. In order to pay my people to keep them, because because if I raise prices, they looking at me like, hey, you know, we doing the same work, make, bringing in more money. What's happening? Yeah, you right. know what I mean, like it's it's a cycle, and like you say, for that small business, um, it's always the haggle that always kind of goes on. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to hook up. Everybody want to deal. You see what you said right there that I find interesting is that you're actually more accountable. 
to your employees as a small business than Amazon is to all of its millions of employees out there because they're a huge corporation. You can't tell your employees to put a diaper on and don't go to the bathroom because they know you. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't. That's not something that you would ever be able to get away with. Right. But I mean, so like Amazon, if you work at an Amazon warehouse, I mean, first of all, it's a warehouse. But it, I mean, there's 100 people working. Mm-hmm. So let's say let's say 20 of them quit. Ain't nothing going to change. No. You know what I mean? But at City Wings, you know, we got four, possibly five people working at a time. If one of those people quits, mm-hmm. it's a major problem. Yeah. So I have to be and not only. Do I not only do I have to be for that reason, but I mean, I just feel I just feel like, you know, they putting this work in. They deserve the money. Plus, I still work. You know what I mean? See what people I don't don't eat off the city wing. See what I'm what I'm hearing, though, is like I'm hearing something that the local commerce boards and the politicians should be listening and what they should be hearing about other small businesses across the country that are trying to actually make their way as businesses. You're actually trying to be competitive wage-wise. You're being fair with your clients. You know, you're so when they make this argument about right to work states and things of like that and places where well, if you don't want to work, if we don't want to give you benefits, we won't don't want to give you x y and z. There's no impetus on these companies to actually do anything better and everything for them. But you're actually accountable to your, you're actually accountable to your employees in a way that a larger company isn't. So that kind of that give and take and that leverage creates people that are more, they're more productive consumers. They have more money in their pocket. They're spending more money than other people are spending money because of the fact that you have a better job. These were the principles that the country used to work on and used to rely on. But now it's moving towards something different. The whole point of me like bringing this whole thing up is because I'm starting to think that what is the usage of the lifespan of like our current economic system? Is there a lifespan on this? Is it really time? I heard a conversation the other day. I was like, it was really funny. I came up, I wake up in the morning and I open up my Facebook and there's a comment on a message that I wrote. Someone commented on a message. And I was confused because I haven't commented on anything in weeks. Like, literally weeks gone on anybody's page had I gone on anybody's page and said anything anywhere. And it turns out it was a Blackout Coalition post from, like, something like six weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. And it was about... um, Black people and percentage of money and how much they work or whatever. It it was some stupid thing. But I just found it interesting that... I just found it interesting with the conversation. It was about life insurance. That's what it was. And, you know, I had my my life insurance license as well. You know, I've pretty much been licensed to do everything in New York State. Okay? Because that's what I do. I just fucking collect different ways that I can make money and everything. So... This guy's talking about the benefit of it. He says that every black person should have life insurance. And if you die without life insurance, you can buy Jordans and you can buy X, Y, and Z. And we've had this conversation here about if it makes you happy, then you go ahead and you buy it. It makes you happy temporarily. But he's saying there's no reason for any black person to die without insurance. 
and everything. And I'm like, I don't disagree with you about the value of it, but I'm not going to say at the same time that someone shouldn't buy something that makes them happy. Because there's so little joy in this life, and that everybody has joy in different ways. This is someone who was like a, he is born into the capitalistic idea that you buy everything and those things make you happy and everything. That's what makes him happy. But I was like, yo, bro, but that may not be what makes everybody happy. You well, know what I'm saying? The things that make you happy um, are. It's not like there's a fixed. It's not like on the day that you're born, there's a fi- these five things are going to make you happy. A lot of it is learned behavior. And mm. Sometimes, you know, in the process of growing up, we need to unlearn some behavior. Yeah. You know, there are some Absolutely. things. Hey, you know, and Exum knows this as well as anybody on the planet. You know, me and a spare rib. You know, at one point in time, you wanted to see me happy? Get me around some goddamn ribs. Mm, that's you know, the goddamn truth. I was all about that life. Mm, rib life. You know, and, you know, now, you know, I understand that while, you know, I still love the smell of some good barbecue, uh, it really wasn't working out for me in the way that I thought it was. Mm. And sometimes you have to make those adjustments. I, I, when I'm talking with high school kids and college kids about their future, I always tell them, like, look, just because it was a good idea for you at 16, doesn't mean it's going to work for you at 25, 30, 35. Right. Like every once in a while you have to, you know, and then sailing, they talk about you have to adjust your sales. You know, sometimes right. you got to do a course correction. You got to look around and say, you know, yeah, I got these, yeah, I got five pairs of Jordans, but I still don't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. Maybe I need to change something. Maybe I need to find my happiness someplace else. Right. And I wasn't, I, I, I what. No, I'm I'm just going to say I wasn't arguing against that. I wasn't making a statement against that. But this this gentleman was making the the all inclusive statement that the only way was to accumulate wealth and to continue to accumulate as much wealth as you possibly can until you die by any means necessary and fuck everything well, like, else. That's the American system. That's what we're. That's right. Th- like one of the things that I that I believe wholeheartedly. Like I sent my daughter to private school, mm. right? I don't necessarily believe in the system, but this is the game that we've been handed. Mm-hmm. So learn to play it. Mm. You know, once you know the rules, once you know how it operates, if you want to operate differently, good. Mm-hmm. Do it from an educated position. Right. But, you know, don't sit there and sleepwalk through it. Right. You know, don't sit there and go, well, nobody told me. No, learn the rules. This is the society we're dealing with. This is what, this is the, these are the ideas that are being pushed on everybody. You know, war is better. And well, how do you learn the rules? Like I used the example, I was like, I believe in life insurance. And I, this is the example that I gave to him. I was like, you know, Johnny from the suburbs or Billy from the suburbs, he learns because he looks outside at, into his driveway when he's 18 years old and his dad has bought him a brand new Suburban. And he says, his dad says to him, look, I bought that with the life insurance policy. And guess what? There's still more. It's not even finished yet. There's still more money in it. There's still more equity in that policy. So ask me why. The kid in the street, though, he sees the drug dealer who drives up with the bins, and he's like, yo, I sold this many oxys this week, and that's how I got this car, and that's what it is. It all depends on what you're exposed to. So what I asked him was that how much time has he spent You know, I was like, I told him, I said, listen, I understand. So I I just explained to you the concept of what you're trying to teach everybody, right? 
But how much time have you spent teaching? So you're, you're sitting up here, you're getting mad at me and everything, but I already know this stuff. What about the people that really need to hear this stuff? What are you doing to reach them? Because arguing with me, basically, that's not going to solve your problem. You're still going to be mad that these people in the inner cities aren't like doing this or taking advantage of these like financial products. But, you know, telling me isn't going to do any good. So is it time, you know, do we really get in here? And then the question came to you, do we really get in here and hold these financial seminars in the system about the system that is crumbling? And that's kind of like the whole thing about Jay-Z having the Bitcoin school in the Marcy projects. Because they're like, basically like, these niggas in Marcy don't need Bitcoin, they need something different. That was the argument that people were saying. And they're, they're right and they're wrong. Like, you know, if Bitcoin is truly the future, then we need to be putting kids on what the future is. We need, right. to, we need to get them like, hey, look, flipping burgers is a sucker job, right? But the dude who's flipping burgers, when he's done for the day, he ain't looking over his shoulder. There are no, you don't see a lot of old, happy hustlers. Mm. You don't see a lot of hustlers in their 60s with their grandchildren all around them at their lakeside house. Mm. Them dudes are still in the hood, and they're struggling. Mm. So as much as we, have, as we have romanticized the hustler way of life through movies and television, you know, we need to start putting people onto the fact that, you know, to, to pay more attention to the downside of that. But a lot of that comes there with the extra. Of, there aren't a lot of old, happy hustlers. Go ahead, Grant. Isn't isn't that isn't isn't that all things though? So the hustler lifestyle, the going to college, getting a job lifestyle, the you know whatever lifestyle. Eighty five percent of the people fail at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, failure is a harsh word, but for lack of a better word, let's say they don't excel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so for every for every Frank Lucas, you got you know ninety. Nothing nuts out in the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got 90 nothing nuts out in the street. So whatever the lifestyle is, you know what I mean? This and I guess what I'm saying is this is a system that is it's built on free labor. You know what I mean? This whole system has been built on free labor. So there is no grand escape for eighty five percent of the people. Eighty five percent of the people are just gonna be at the lower tier of whatever lifestyle they choose. You see what I'm saying? What so whether it's whether you in Marcy learn trying to learn Bitcoin, yeah, somebody out of Marcy may make it out with this Bitcoin school. You know what I mean? Somebody may be the next Jeff Bezos coming coming out of out of Marcy because they took this class or took this school or whatever. But if a hundred people go, I guarantee you eighty five percent of them ain't gonna do nothing with it. Mm. Nothing on a on a truly successful level, you know. And, and this, you know, I mean, stocks, trading, uh, trading currencies. What I mean, whatever the hustle is, and, and let's just call them all hustles. Eighty five percent of firefighters ain't shit as firefighters. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Eighty five percent of the people are always going to be on the bottom tier, and then you have the five ten percent that ex- that excel, and are the examples that's always held up basketball, football, hockey, you know what I mean? Like whatever whatever life whatever it is, it's always the same. See, but that's because everything is designed. No, but that's okay. counter to the that's counter to society today because everything is equal. 
what you're saying is that that there are exceptions by the numbers, but what society tells you is that you're not exceptional. You know, all this stuff is like you know about people bringing that extra that fifteen percent. Now the eighty-five percent is focused on dragging the fifteen percent down, and these are part of the. Right. This is part of the uh, the uh, beginning of the war, of that type of war that we're having. You know, your stupidity right. is just I, I, as as just as like you know strong as my learned knowledge, right? Right. You yeah, said that I, I before. Participants. Yeah. Yeah, I call them participants. Those people that that you know sat on the bench and got a participation trophy. Right. You know, didn't do shit towards the championship, got a participation trophy, didn't didn't win the championship, lost every game mm-hmm. and still got a participation trophy. You know, and it's fine. I you know, I understand the thought behind the participation trophy. But some at some point somebody has to be rewarded for what they do. You know what I mean? Like so so I so Layla Layla just turned 7. Right? At her birthday party what did I have to have for all of the other kids? Even though I took them, we had a roller skating party. So I paid for everybody to go skating, mm-hmm. you know, cake, blah, 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 pizza. Boom. At the end of the party, what do I have to do for all these little knuckleheads that came to the party? No gift bag. I got to give them a gift, fucking gift bag. <laughs> so so Layla can't even be the only one to get a gift or get on her know, birthday. She can't even be the only one to get gifts on her birthday. She's not special. Everybody got to get some. And I have, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. This is why 20-year-old girls want 40-year-old men because they don't want to come home and and say like, you know, to their man, "Oh, do do you want can I can I get some dinner and everything? Well, what about my dinner? What about my food? You know, what do you mean? I'm the only one that's supposed to like eat right now? What like what the fuck? The world's upside down and we're going to end this show the last couple of minutes talking about our boy our fucking yogi fucking same wavelength path motherfucker mr dave Chappelle, who was just canceled again motherfucker was canceled again minnesota well they canceled his show from out of a venue one venue said no go ahead you know the venue that that said that moved the show the first avenue Oh, oh, by Prince. Prince. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, that's the venue that, that moved the show. She wore her raspberry What? They were scheduled, was scheduled the there, and they got no. so much smoke about booking him in there that they, wow. they made an apology. They canceled it, and they were, he was supposed to play at another place, and they just picked up another night of him. Yeah, they just picked up a – yeah, he, so. he just probably made more money sure. because I think that the other venue is bigger. And allows him to pick up more people. So he got nominated for two Emmys recently Mm -hmm. uh, for the special, The Closer. Like, you can cancel him all you want. He hadn't said anything crazy yet. You know what I think is, know what I I think that's crazy about it? I saw somebody put up a tweet today, and it said, every time that a Dave Chappelle show is canceled by some crazy leftist people, it gives us Trump-loving conservatives more power. Ooh. Uh. Okay. Okay. That's, that's something. Did you <laughs> yeah. see? He did a, um, 
he went back to his high school. Netflix, whatever Dave Chappelle. If Dave Chappelle said, hey, look, I'm going to go in this room and take a poop. The guys at Netflix are like, hey, can we give you a basket to poop into? Yeah. <laughs> can we stand outside the right. store? Can we stand outside your bathroom and stick a microphone around? So just in case you yeah, have some other did. noises besides flatulence. I, 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 I get it. at his high school recently. I saw it. Uh, I just recently watched and, it. Uh, the man, you know, the man is, he's putting his thinking cap on often. He's challenging popular opinions. Like, you can't hate on him for that. And, you know, the things that he said about the trans community, he may have said some of the things crudely in some of his earlier specials, but he ain't saying nothing wrong right now. No, no. Like, I am I am free for everybody to be what they want to be, but there are some hard definitions on the planet that you just can't fuck around with. We, we got to come up with some new terms. Dave Chappelle is a real opportunity because when I see those conservatives posting those things while they're similar at the same time, um, supporting list of books to be canceled and knocking books out of like curriculums across the country. So it's like it's a matter of like who is. It's not really the the. It's not really the content that they care about either. It's the message and the people that they get to go against with the content. So they feel like they can. They really want to go at the transgender community. So whatever they dislike, they like. Because Dave Chappelle will sit up there and tell you, what do you say in the, in the closer? He's like, was it the closer where he says, the ones I really hate are the poor whites. They're the ones that are fucking everything up. <laughs> right? Did y'all hear that shit? Yeah. But guess what? The term poor white trash was not created by a brown person. No. They right. hate the poor whites, too. And they think the poor whites are fucking everything up, too. Right. But, they're, but at the same time, they're generating, look, I mean... Oh, I said, look, but I didn't, didn't look at my TV for a while. I thought I had the insurrectionist trial one over here. You know, it's not, it's me. If it's not the poor whites, it's the poorly educated ones or the ones I, I've seen some crazy shit recently. In private planes. Huh? The insurrectionists showed up on private planes. They weren't all poor. Yeah, no, they weren't. They want, they want their America back. Yeah. And they feel like they're going to get it. Maybe they are going to get it. Yes, Trump in 24. They're going to get it all right. Probably from about seven feet behind him. Yeah. Wow. Back in the head. Trump in 24. Trump in 2024. No way. Listen, there there are some people. I know know he's got to run because that's the only way way he thinks he can stay out of jail. Yeah. He needs to get executive privilege back, so he's got to run. I get that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> it's the fucking truth, though. It's the truth. It's the well. Hey, look, somebody starts need to. Somebody starts need, If the moment he announces, somebody needs to start an ad campaign, and all it has to say is, "A vote for Trump is like voting for Hitler in 1933." Well, the one thing he doesn't have to worry about is he doesn't have to worry about Ivanka turning on him because unfortunately she passed away last week, and I was told that they found a cup of coffee. That was Ivana. Ivana still. Ivana, yeah. Ivana's but uh, they found a cup of coffee next to her, like at the bottom of the stairs. So she fell down the stairs. Part of it doesn't quite add up. But. She fell down the stairs and, like, but she was able to save the coffee from spilling a drop? Or does that mean somebody else was there? Like, what the fuck? Can these people get any stranger? 
Can you get any more fucking Like you know But there's nothing wrong with them There's nothing wrong with them You can't say anything bad about them But does that get That doesn't like you know Really I mean Really Usually that would be cause For a deeper investigation That, that coffee was good To the last drop There you go But I'm full <laughs> it's like crazy yeah. You know stuff that common sense Is just suspended It's just suspended uh, I don't get it Common sense is not common I don't get it We wouldn't be talking about it so much if it was actually common right. My whole thing is I'm not so I'm not so much against Changing all this shit up And like you know going But it's just like you know Behind Trump nah You know what I'm saying Nah Changing it is a hard process, though. There's a lot of there's a lot of there are a lot of factions who are deeply embedded in the system, man. They're deeply wedded to the system, and yeah. getting them to get up, getting anybody to give up their seat of power, usually takes force. Well, I volunteering to give up their privilege. Well, the one thing that I did, the one time that I did participate in a thread this week was, um, and this is the first time in weeks that I actually posted anything, it was some person I, I don't even barely know on my, you know, you get those, I got thousands of people on my fucking friends list, so I don't know who the fuck it was, but um, came up and she was saying something like, if you can pay $1,500 in rent on your house, you should be able to qualify for a mortgage for seven fifty. That should be a law in Congress. So that's what that was her point. If you can what? Let me hear that again. If you can pay fifteen hundred dollars in rent for a year, you should be able to legally qualify for a mortgage for seven fifty at any point in time. And I guess that's kind of yeah, logical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is kind of logical, except you know, then you then once again your step, you know, homeownership is below fifty percent right now, and they like it that way. Mm-hmm. It requires a government program, and then what's going to happen is, even if you get the government program put through, what generally happens is, when that happens, is that the homeowners will band together, and they will band together to not sell anyone using those homeowner programs any property. They'll use that because you have an option of who you want to sell your property to. It's not like, you know, Major League Baseball where the players union tells you to take the big, biggest offer no matter what or you face backlash. Mm-hmm. They actually have a choice in who gets to take it. So what you'll get is you won't get anyone accepting any of those programs to buy any properties. So, like, that's a that's a dead thing. But, you know, it went back and forth and, you know, I made my comment. But then this, this um, white gentleman came up and he made a comment and what he said was he mentioned the housing bill. And the farmers that get subsidized every year. And he's like, these farmers get subsidized every year and they expect the cities to subsidize their farms no matter what. Whether they perform, whether they don't perform. And these are programs that they have traditionally blocked black farmers and minority farmers from getting into these subsidies by using various different means. And I said, yeah, well, don't call it welfare, though. Just don't call it welfare, but it's actually welfare. And this is where the people like, you know, um, the where basically the Bundys come in and those types of characters that own all this land and they claim that they don't want anything from the government except for those yearly checks that come through mm-hmm. to subsidize yeah. different things. 
you know, that they don't consider to be welfare, that's their right. So these are the people that you're fighting with on that level. And the city folks just make all the money and send it out to them. So we all work for them either way. I think that the system is ripe for change. I'll say that. It's ripe for change. And we got through it. And and if it's ripe for change, you know, my old ass going to have to go someplace else because I can't. Can't go through it. Revolution is a young man's game. Yeah, I can't be mad. Revolution. Got to that out on their own. As long as they leave my pension. Revolution is a young man's game. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna be right with you. I think I'll be right there with I, you. I had a friend who was in Norway last week, and she loved it. She's like ready to move there. To Norway. And why not? You know what? What's in Norway? No, I just said to uh, Norway. Very I'm affordable just... health care. Very affordable health care, good standard of living, you know, great uh, work rules. They have a television show talking about... Help balance life out. They have a television show talking about being expatriates living in Mexico. I think it's in Tijuana and around that area. Nobody wants to retire to the United States of America anymore because nobody wants to go to the grocery store and shoot it out. You know, I mean, I guess there's there's a bunch of old people... That want to go out there and, you know, these guys on Facebook saying, yeah, open carry is great and everything. And I'm like, great. You guys, like, you go ahead and do that and I'll wait for the shootout in your area and we'll find out whether you want or lost. And I'll deal with that the same way I deal with everything else. We'll just go on to the next day. And did you get the grapefruit for half price? That's all that matters. Hey, man, grapefruit is grapefruit is good. I had a, a grapefruit. Uh, mocktail the other night it was pretty wonderful. Mm, fantastic mocktail, mocktail. Yeah, they they're starting to to put some effort into to crafting drinks that taste like something but without the alcohol in it. Mm, okay, so you don't have to just drink cranberry juice or ginger ale or club soda when you go out. Right. So they're, they're starting to put some work into it, and uh, people doing some weird, wild, wonderful things. Refreshing their body for the second family. I see you, Rob. To be able to see some death. <laughs> and that is how you bring it full circle. Not going to be me, homie. Yes, so. Born in Trouble, episode number 16, and we are out. No. Yes. Not like that. We had, well. Yo, Johnny. What? Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. Is she coming home? I wasn't going to say Brittany Griner. I was going to say, I know you've had a long day today. Um, <laughs> you know. See, now you know you're getting cut on that one. <laughs> you already know you're getting cut. So I won't even I won't even worry about it. You know what I'm saying? What you said is not what you said. I don't need any more. <laughs> From New Jersey, Mr. Robert Brooks. Saying crazy shit just because I can. Just because you can. Exactly. And of course, from Detroit, home of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down and get you some. And pay no attention to the Amish girls in the corner, Mr. Grant Lancaster. Let them do what they let them do what they do. Let them do what they do. That's right. They getting paid fair wages. <laughs> fair wages. That's right. For Rump Springer. Born in Trouble, man. This is a very peaceful episode. We're going to have to get Gene back here next week so we get some more crazy shit going on. 
We miss the crazy. <laughs> right. Do you miss the crazy? Yeah, no doubt. I miss the crazy. No, no doubt. I, I, I love watching him launch off on some shit sometimes. Like, <laughs> get some popcorn and see where it's going. Yes, never know where it's going. But you know what? We don't want to encourage him too much, so I might have to cut this. But then again, he says he never listens anyway, so we're all good. Right. We're all good. <laughs> Born in Trouble, 16th episode. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.